Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Alive, brought to you by the Asher Longevity Institute, committed to the science-based and easy-to-implement lifestyle changes you need in order to live a much longer and much healthier life. Today's show is made possible through the generous support of People Unlimited, a premier longevity company in Phoenix, Arizona. Learn more about People Unlimited and their partner longevity experts in the Coalition for Radical Life Extension at rlecoalition.com. That's rlecoalition.com. I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Longevity Institute studio in Washington, D.C., together with the host of Alive, John Asher, CEO and co-founder of the Asher Longevity Institute. John's guest is Dr. Jeffrey Boone, founder and director of the Boone Heart Institute in Denver, and also the chief medical officer of the Asher Longevity Institute. The title of the show is Protecting the Aging Brain. Hello, John and Dr. Boone. Hello, Dave. Thanks for the introduction. Jeff, great to have you on the show as always. Great to be here. Thanks. So in a, in a previous podcast, you and I talked a lot about the um, heart health. And I mentioned that um, what you had really done for me was three visits to your clinic over a period of several years where I got a a scan with contrast. And after the first scan, we, we realized I had a lot of soft plaque, three arteries were partially clogged. And then you doubled my statin. The next scan, things had improved a lot. And after that one, you put me on Rapatha. And then the next scan, where all six arteries were wide open and there was no evidence of soft plaque. And if I can quote you, you essentially said, you have essentially gone from uh, your arteries uh, looking like a uh, volcano, a hot volcano ready to erupt to a pretty much dormant volcano. So that was, that was all great news for me. And of course, as we all know, what all these medications and therapies and protocols can do for the heart are doing for the whole rest of our body, including the brain. And so that's the subject we really want to talk about today. So Jeff, could you give us like the big picture on how all these uh, interventions we could use to help the heart can also help the brain? Yes, John, and thanks. Your, your example is quite uh, poignant. What happens to most of our patients? That is, uh, initially we found the most dangerous disease, certainly in America today and almost in the history of the world, which is atherosclerosis, the clogging of the arteries. And uh, initially our efforts are mostly directed toward the heart uh, the carotid arteries, the peripheral circulation, and we put you on a standard regimen of medicines that very aggressively were designed to reverse the plaque, to change the, the blood vessels, and we certainly noticed that. And then over my decades of working with people like you, we often have then felt that if we can clean out the arteries below the neck, then we're probably doing a great job up in the brain, which are a little more difficult to measure. And then about that time, maybe 10 years ago, we started noticing a merging between the heart and the brain as being both organs that could be protected by our strategies. Now, the heart, as does the brain, arteries often suffer from under-evaluation and treatment. That is, most of American medicine is doing a fabulous job of, of trying to rescue you when those blockages have become very significant. And in your case, John, we found several 50% blockages in several of the car cardiac and carotid arteries. Uh, and then we knew that rather than waiting for those to be 
a possible a heart attack or stroke or procedure like a stent or a bypass was needed, we began aggressively reversing that plaque. And certainly that's accomplished initially with a statin drug, and then even more aggressively, even seven times more than the most powerful statin is the addition of a, something called a PCSK9 inhibitor uh, called Repatha, and it reverses plaque even seven times more than the statin. And you were a classic example and one of our uh, fondest responders in that you had plaques even in the heart that went from 40 to 50 percent blocked down to almost nothing. And so as we talked last time, your arteries are now, the, the leftovers are just like extinct volcanoes, uh, dormant volcanoes <laughs> that used to be ready to burst and, and cause events. And then we've now got several strategies looking at MRIs of the brain, as well as uh, various other tests of the brain that show performance of speed, power, uh, reaction time, plaque. And we started noticing in some of our pre and post testing with those that the plaque literally disappearing from the brain or being reduced or controlled. And then we would see the brain function improving. And now the best time to do that is in the preclinical state, meaning before you ever have any cognitive issues. And so we think the best way to protect the aging brain is very aggressively early uh, begin reversing these components. And then dementia and Alzheimer's and all those diseases have a lot of various components, but every one of them share a similar component, which is vascular. That is every dementia, whether it's Lewy body, Parkinson's related or Alzheimer's, they all have a vascular component. And so we began thinking and now being able to measure uh, the things that you've been on, John, to keep your coronary and heart arteries clean are now extending into the brain. And we think promoting great longevity there very simply, uh, whereas uh, all the big dementia clinics around the country, unless they've got not just a regular cardiologist, but a very aggressive preventive cardiologist seeking out every biochemical anatomic or genetic abnormality and reversing those, those would then contribute to protection of the aging brain. I just got a, uh, an email today from one of the great uh, brain scanning uh, institutes here in Denver, but they still don't work with anybody like me to optimize that. And they're now interested in optimizing because there is such a, a connection between the brain, the blood vessels, and the heart and the blood vessels. And so uh, optimally, I think while your heart is in great shape, John, I think simultaneously your brain has maintained its high function because every bit of blood floating to your brain is crystal clear without any inflammatory or oxidative components. And then the 100 billion brain cells just keep functioning better and better, and you keep getting smarter every year. <laughs> well, actually, as you suggested earlier, we can now measure how, how whether the brain improves or not with like the wavy t uh, scan that measures the brain power and the brain speed. And after I got was on Rapatha for a while and redid those tests, they actually improved. Yes, we have a scan. Uh, WAVI is the uh, 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 the name of the scan, and it measures with very uh, accurate assessment. Uh, a quantitative QEEG during evoked potentials, meaning we stress a brain out in a way that it has to respond. And this measures how quickly can the brain respond and with how much depth can it respond even before you respond physically to the intervention or to the stimulus. And then that has been measured for uh, 50 years or so. They've been able to measure that and they've noticed that the brain gets less powerful and slower with age, which we can all kind of relate to. And the test was originally designed for concussion recovery. 
and they could show young athletes having very poor power and speed after a football injury. The test was developed by scientists at the University of Colorado. And then I saw that the brain could improve as just a typical young athlete just rests and let his brain heal itself. And I thought, well, could we take people like you and I, John and Dave, and could we find a baseline like they were doing in these athletes and then improve them with interventions like vascular interventions and uh, rapatha and vitamins and other parts of the program that you have at the Asher Longevity Institute. And lo and behold, we began to show that people that were on our program had good brains. People that weren't, we found that we could make them better on this WAVI scan. And that was most powerful because now I had a way to actually show people that their brain didn't look good. Like we first showed you, you might've had a 40% blockage in the Widowmaker. And two years later, it's gone. In the same way, we could see your brain improve simultaneously as we clean out the 30,000 miles of blood vessels that course through the brain. It's hard to believe, but the blood vessels in your brain would literally stretch around the earth one time. And there being a hundred billion brain cells and then 10 million connections with each brain cell to the other. So you can kind of conceptualize with my patients. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize if I can get a crystal clear river of 30,000 miles feeding these 100 billion little cities that are anxious for nutrition and oxygen and lack of resting potential that the brain might improve. And so it was pretty to explain these improvements to the patient and then really make that heart-brain connection. And we've had just dramatic results across the board. And most of our patients, now they have to be aggressively compliant with these things like you are, John, where you do everything you can, including vitamins and other support supplements, but certainly the cornerstone being able to clean out the arteries. And we've had some remarkable cases that we can talk about in addition with uh, preventing dementia. Yes. And so um, we talked about this before, but as we, as we know, there are 16 different genotypes. We get one from our mother, one from our father. And so you're a one slash two, a one slash three, a four slash two. So there's 16 different genotypes. And the most dangerous genotype is four slash four. And it accounts just one of 16 for 50% of the Alzheimer cases. And that is, that's me. So that's my genotype. So that's why I'm also so aggressive about this. Yes, John. And I think that is very important for your audience to understand that everybody needs to try to prevent dementia. Uh, and ultimately the aging brain is a part of that. But in, if you have particular genetic susceptibilities, then starting earlier and more aggressively. So John has a genotype called 4-4. And again, that is very prominently seen in dementias. Someone like John, if they start early as he did and continue with what he's doing now, uh, he's you know been a, a submarine commander, a uh, head of many businesses and organizations, and now the founder, co-founder of the Asher Longevity Institute. All that happens in someone with this genotype is quite miraculous. It tells me, though, that this genotype is not that dangerous if you prepare for it. So someone with 4-4, and I've got a relative with 4-4, and even in his 30s, I've got him on Rapatha, statin, vitamins, omega-3s, vitamin D, because the best time to prevent dementia is when you're 30 or 40, and certainly the earlier you start, the better uh, in taking advantage of these strategies. So there are several other genotypes. There's lipoprotein A, LP little a, which is a sticky kind of cholesterol, uh, several clotting genotypes, like factor V laden prothrombin mutation, another genotype called MTHFR that 
homocysteine and inflammation. So knowing your genetics is important. And certainly you ought to seek that out if you have any aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, parents that had early dementia. And the older I get, early is 70 even, you know. Uh, yeah. I used to think you made it to 70, you're doing pretty well. Now that sounds pretty young. Uh, my father is 96, following the same strategies that you do, uh, John. And he was in the Battle of the Bulge. And even at 96, his brain, he's, he's writing children's books, playing the trumpet. Now his bones and joints are falling apart. And that would have been attenuated <laughs> if he'd have been exercising as much as you are, John. But I think the last organ that ought to die is your brain. And I think that's now possible. But I found that most of the dementia experts aren't even close to watching this vascular component. That is, I really am not much of a neurologist, so I would not take the place of brain experts who are diagnosing this, but they also are still looking for the, the cause and the cure. And I think it's right in front of us. You yeah. know, dementia and any sort of uh, brain dysfunction is related to same things that causes the heart to be in trouble. You know, diabetes, uh, blood pressure, cholesterol, alcohol, um, trauma. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are involved. And to get on those early is most important. But even then, our, most of our cardiovascular uh, physicians are still not as aggressive. Like if I see even a, a 30 or 40% blockage in your arteries, that doesn't need a stent or a bypass. And many cardiologists would just think that's, let's just wait on that. But that's a time to aggressively approach that. And if you've got a 40% blockage in a, a carotid or a heart or a leg artery, remember there's 30,000 miles of blood vessels in the brain that are mostly microscopic. So you can imagine some microscopic clogging you know, moving through that area. And we now can clean those out and it's just gonna keep getting better. I'm expecting that John, you and I'll be doing this when you're 100 and I'm 90. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know your, your dad was part of the uh, Battle of the Bulge. My wife and I did a cruise there four or five years ago. And actually the tour guide had been a uh, private in the Battle of the Bulge. And we actually got to see Audie Murphy's um, statue there, you know, rewarding his whole career there from what he got the Medal of Honor for. So pretty, pretty terrific. Amazing. Yeah, I love that that history. And uh, yeah, my father won a bronze star on the first day of the Battle of the Bulge uh, when they, when that war happened. And that was a wow, lot. Wow, very cool. So let me let me mention one other thing that, that relates to this. That is, uh, it, when you just kind of look at the overall lifespan and health span in the U.S. today, an average of all men and women, lifespan's about 80. So the average person dies at about 80. And health span is 63. Meaning at about 63, the average person starts with the uh, cardiac issues, uh, brain issues, type 2 diabetes, various uh, cancers, and all those things that end up killing almost all, all of us are going to pretty much die from one of those major diseases. And so, so imagine if you could extend life uh, much longer, say 20 years, and I, I firmly believe that's possible now with, say, metformin, rapamycin, and several other therapies. But let's just say you can extend life for 20 years now, so, you, so we can all live to 100, like your dad, and, and also have great health. So we would gain 20 years of lifespan and 37 years, 100 minus 63, of health span. So it's just incredible what can be done if you take the right, if you go after the right interventions, like, like you're doing. I think you're exactly right. And that's a good way to say it is that oftentimes in medical science, we sort of take credit for helping, helping people to survive. And certainly that's a credit to a lot of the advanced, you know, in hospital and 
other interventions, but ultimately the, the health span is still not good. If someone gets saved by a stent or a bypass, uh, uh, has a heart attack and survive, that's wonderful parts of medical science. But it's not much of a healthy life after that oftentimes. It's deceptive. The, the, one of the biggest uh, uh, disability units now in the world is, is post-stroke, meaning we're getting better at better and surviving stroke. But in our practice, you know, no one should ever have a stroke uh, in that regard. You know, if you're cleaning out the arteries, you know, it's, it's with, almost without saying that we're going to prevent heart attack and stroke. And now this new protecting the aging brain is just an offshoot of that, that not only are we protecting from strokes, but even microscopic clogging of the brains. And, and it's just amazing what can be accomplished. But I think your idea is very good to sort of square off the aging curve. And I think 90 and very healthy is very accessible for almost anyone if they're trying hard themselves and then taking advantage of the right medical evaluation, genetic assessment, and early aggressive assessment. And ultimately in our practice, anything we can measure, we wanna to try to make it perfect. So even all these new biomarkers and new assessments, they're not to be ignored or act like, well, they're probably okay because you're feeling fine. Most of the things that kill us these days are growing for 10 to 20 to 30 years before they actually show up symptomatically. And same thing with the brain. The brain starts deteriorating probably 10, 20, 30 years before someone actually feels it. So the best time is to take advantage of anatomic, physiologic, and biochemical and genetic biomarkers to develop your, I think the key word would be precision personalized plan. Like John, you're developing not only a plan for everyone at the Asher Longevity Institute, but also by some of the approaches, customizing that recommendation based on various other factors from family history to genetics to uh, lifestyle to even, you know, location and altitude. Like, you know, 5 million people in the world live above mile high, most of them here in Denver. And maybe that creates a little different need for nighttime oxygen that might help the brain and different things like that. So even more customized and personalized uh, is important. And uh, we're seeing astounding results. We've now got, you know, more and more people are referring to us, even if they've got dementia. And I didn't know what we could do with that. I know we have people like you, John, where we've prevented the onset of dementia and probably will prevent that throughout your entire 120-year-old life or however long you plan on making it. Uh, but we've got a few people that are into dementia, and a couple of them, one of them's a 4-4 genotype like you are, uh, another uh, a 3-4, uh, and both of these are women, and they're actually waking up after every dose of Rapatha, meaning that they're seeing this opening up of improvements in sundowner syndrome memory, and they're just astounded by the result. Most of the time, though, we've found with our patients who are already in some sort of dementia situation that the best we can do is keep keep them there, which is still nice. I've got one gentleman that the Cleveland Clinic called me about who's a very famous and smart individual, and he's had dementia diagnosed for eight years, and he's no worse than he was eight years ago. Now, we were hoping that making his blood perfect, we'd recover some, but now I tell people who are already in some form of the dementia world that we probably won't gain much back, but would you be happy if we could just keep you where you're at? And a lot of people love like this, this guy can't remember what he had for breakfast, but he still remembers his entire life. He recognizes everyone in his family. And usually that is a deteriorating course. So I think even these vascular uh, strategies may be an adjunct to other dementia care efforts to keep people out of memory care, to keep them with families longer and recognizing and enjoying life. 
because I could still enjoy life. even if I couldn't remember what I had for breakfast, it could still be a good life. And but we'd rather have caught him 10 years earlier. And so I think that's what we're finding in the vascular world. Now, other brain experts may have other things from hormones to mold exposure. There's all kinds of other things that I'm not much of an expert, but I know that the cornerstone for every brain is the vascular system, which every human has problems with as they age, especially in the brain. If your feet are not getting enough circulation, you don't notice it as much. You know, it might hurt or be numb, but if your brain's not getting in there at a certain point, you people start to notice it. And I think that's where it's most exciting to see uh, not only the heart vessels improving, but the brain ones as well, and then the uh, recovery and prevention of any intellectual issues. Well, I'll give you my, my case. And so after I was on Rapatha for six months and we redid the test, and my brain speed and brain power um, improved on the test, I actually didn't know that I had regressed a bit mentally. But what I did notice was after being on Rapatha for six months, I brightened up. I actually got more mentally alert. Yeah, you're right. As someone as smart as you are, John, it's, you don't even notice it until you recover it. Uh, I've had right. a bunch of people like that who are, you know, 60, 70, 80 year old executives sometimes who didn't think they were having trouble, but now even their staff are noticing what's going on with him. He's so much more with it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to see that as kind of an anecdotal improvement as well. So I'm glad to have you notice it. Uh, uh, and that's great. Oh, it happened to me. And if you look at a, a bigger picture, you know, our, our nine steps towards an unlimited life, if you follow them faithfully, and, you know, I'm, I'm 90% doing everything we recommend everybody do. And my wife is, Deb is probably, another of your patients, Jeff, you know, is probably yes. at 70%, and she's getting better, essentially, um, every week on it. Um, so 90% is pretty good. It's not like I never have a chocolate chip cookie, right? Or... <laughs> or never eat a piece of steak. But 90% of the time I'm doing it, following exactly our recommended nine steps. And at 80, I really do feel like I'm 35. I can still, still play pickup basketball with my son and grandsons. I can't play full court basketball, but I can play half court. <laughs> so that's, that's what's so great about our nine steps. And if you follow them faithfully, and what's so terrific about how forward thinking your clinic has been on the whole neurology part. And as you said, you're not a neurologist, but you're probably doing a lot better for your patients than a lot of neurologists. <laughs> I know, sometimes people are wedded to the uh, standard of care right. and they don't go out on a limb and talk about what's possible. So I figure with a drug like Rapatha, there's no downside. There's hardly ever a side effect. It's already FDA approved to look at reduction in heart attack, stroke, and death. So all I needed to do was look a bit further thinking, could we actually help prevent dementia with something like that? And sure enough, easy to do, and we see the results all the time. And so I think, I think that hopefully can get through to the more mass communities of dementia care and neurology, but it's it's kind of like out of their strike zone. So I think uh, some people have said we ought to now name our place the Boone Brain Institute instead yeah. of Heart Institute. But ultimately, uh, I think we are, have contributed. And certainly, John, I couldn't do what I do unless it was built on top of all the Asher Longevity nine steps, you know, from sleep to uh, 
so supplements, all that, that builds a great foundation for even something like Repatha. But the, on the other hand, Repatha can help get away with a few more bites of steak occasionally if you're having. <laughs> John, John, unfortunately, it's time for the wrap up. Okay, because time just goes by, by so fast, Jeff, when we get going here. Um, so, so thank you so much for being the guest. And um, I hope everybody gets the idea from what we talked about how much possible extended health span, 37 years, and lifespan, 20 years, that are possible today if you just follow the nine steps and do the right thing. And number two, how much of this can be also accelerated by what Dr. Boone is doing at the Boone Health Clinic, not just for our cardiology, but also for our, our, our brain. So thank you so much, Jeff. Is there anything you'd like to leave the, the audience with? No, I love being with you, John, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I do think that uh, embracing these ideas and stimulating your audience to continue to look for uh, excellent sources in this arena is very powerful and ultimately will just almost certainly lead to a highly functioning future uh, protecting the aging brain. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you both. That's all the time we have for today. Be sure to visit us at EscherLongevity.com to learn more about the science, supplements, and strategies to live a much longer and much happier life. That's EscherLongevity.com. From now until we meet again, John Asher reminds us that looking after our health today gives us better hope for tomorrow. This concludes another edition of Alive right here on the Funnel Radio Network for listeners like you. The Asher Longevity Institute developed a nine-step program to guide you to a much longer and healthier life. Our mission is to make this system easy to understand, simple to execute, and sustainable for the rest of your life. Go to asherlongevity.com today and sign up for the information and access you need to live the longevity lifestyle. That's asherlongevity.com to help you feel better now and achieve the longevity you desire.